crowd has gone insane. And Savoya is eating into his lead again. This happened last year. And up the inside, Angoro, superb. Oh, he's Fence Mayfield. And they go forward again. Oh, he's upside down. He's upside down. Hey, and welcome to episode two of The Starting Grid, the official podcast of the RCGP World Series. It's your main man, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great, and today's guest is one of the brainchilds behind the RCGP World Series, Mr. Joseph J.Q. Quagrain from Helsinki, Finland, but currently residing in Manila, Philippines. What's up, Joseph? How are you? What's up? Let's do this. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm. I know. I know that you have a lot of questions, and you always claim people don't know anything. They don't understand what's going on. So I just want to clear everything up. You never clear anything up, but let's try. All right. So obviously, people know that you are involved in this, and a lot of this has uh, has been your your what's your brainchild as well, along with David and Matt. And of course, I've been along for the ride as well, kind of just uh, watching, and, and you know, I pretty know what I pretty much know what's going on. But I'm gonna ask you before we even get into because this this podcast is gonna be about rules, regulations, race format, how things are gonna work because we pretty much covered a lot of the RCGP like media coverage and whatnot with Matt. But my first question to you is gonna be, why does RC need R- RCGP? Well, that's a good question. Well, I would say that I don't really want to do a series, to be honest. Uh, I never really wanted to. But I always felt that it's missing. It's something that's missing from RC. When I look at other sports, the sports that I enjoy watching, I enjoy watching the championship series. So I I don't just enjoy watching some random races, really. I enjoy watching the series, and then throughout the year, I get more and more excited if my favorite riders or drivers are are in the mix to win the championship. And we don't really have that in RC, so I figured it's something we need. And over the years, I tried to get Neo Buggy to do something like this, or or maybe someone else, but it never really seemed to work out. No one really got it done. And then I thought well, why don't I try and put together a really good plan, a solid plan of this, how it could work, and then find the right people to work together to maybe make it happen. And, and that's, that's basically what I did. And uh, the why was very simple. Be- before I actually began planning anything, the why was just as a racer and a fan of RC, it's something that was missing and something that I wanted to see. But then when I sat down and thought, okay, should I actually think about this more? Should I make an effort? Should I talk to people and, and get them to work together? I had to think of a, a better reason than just I want, I, want it, I want it to exist. Like There needs to be a better reason for it. So I figured, okay, there's, there's two things that this series should do. And I think these two things are what sets RCGP apart from any other race or any existing uh, racing series we have now. I mean, we have series in 10 scale, like the J-Concept J Concept series in America. I, I forget what it's called. Indoor INS. Nationals or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then in Europe, we have EOS and, and also on-road ENS, ETS. So those are all great. And, and they, they are good for RC races, I would say. But there are two things that I believe that they don't do, at least to their full potential, and that's really the main goals of RCGP. So the first thing is creating 
uh, an image of RC racing that can be shown to new people who, who discover RC racing. Because right now, RC is seen of as a bit of a, like a toy cars and this, you know, lame thing that virgin nerds do. I mean, that. let's face it, it's not cool. <laughs> yeah, I could agree with that. I mean, people look right? at us like we're that's, nerds. That's, people look down on it. Like, it's not something cool. You Actually, a lot of people that race RC, if they meet new people, they don't even tell them what they do. They lie about <laughs> their, their hobby or even job. Like professional drivers don't necessarily say that, oh, yeah, I'm a professional RC car racer. No, they just don't. They, they lie about it. So that right there, there proves that there's a bit of an image problem. So that's something that I hope we could change with RCGP. Mm-hmm. So that, that's something that a racing series can do. Because we all believe that RC racing is cool, right? Yes. But we haven't been able to show that to other people. Because... New people, when they discover RC, they don't understand everything that goes into it. They don't understand that there are professional drivers, race teams. They don't know how technically advanced the cars are. They don't know how talented and and skillful the drivers are, you know, how they jump and turn the car in the air and, and everything that they do. They don't know these things. So they have a very different view of what it is we do. So if we were able to put together a more professionally presented racing series with websites and professional looking uh, race teams and uh, and uh, the coverage also, like you spoke with Matt, to do that slightly differently than we do now, maybe we can help to change the image of RC a bit. So that's that's one of the goals of this series. Then the second goal of the series is is partially linked to the first goal. So the second goal is to work on our racing format because our racing format has been the same for a long time. And to be honest, it's quite boring. There's a lot of time spent on practice, mm-hmm. a lot of time spent qualifying where the, the cars are on the track at the same time but not racing each other. So they're right. just racing on their individual time. And to watch that is really boring. And even for the races, to go to a big race and, for example, spend five days at the race and then on the last day you get to actually race someone. Mm-hmm. I feel that that's not really the best way to do this. So yeah, because the goal, the goal is to make it more, more interesting, not only for the people watching, but also for the races themselves. So less practice and more heads-up racing. So every time you hit the track, you're racing the other car. You're racing the mm-hmm. car ahead of you, and you're racing the car behind you. Very similar to uh, how the Reedy race was last weekend. Just heads up, straight five. Well, it was electric five-minute racing. Every race counted. It made it was exciting. Obviously, we won't have it. Won't be Reedy format. But if you're gonna have heads up racing, it just makes every race more exciting. Yeah. So in short, basically, all that rambling I just did. Yes. What I wanted to say was. I didn't want to do this, but no one else was doing it, and I figured it would be good for RC. So I began the pro- project. I got the ball rolling. And the two main things we want to do is we want to take this hobby that is seen by people as being super lame, we want to make that cool. And we want to make the racing more enjoyable and more exciting for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, I've said this over and over again. We treat it as the underground dogfighting ring. Guys in black hoodies walking around like some obscure location, racing toy cars in the dirt for five days on end. Um, So obviously people don't get to see it. And it's it's true. Like people are more into cool stuff like, like drone racing. Drone racing is probably more cool now because it's on ESPN. Uh, th- everybody can get a drone. It's FPV, which is new and exciting. You know, it's 3D. And people, actually, people can, fo- I think you can follow drone racing a little easier online, um, on TV because it's just four drones and they got lights and they go through these gates. And I get that. But 
we kind of need to, like, I keep saying we need to make Offroad RC 8 scale a viable product to get on to these, maybe not television, but, you know, to just to bring it to people and make it just more exciting, more cool, make kids want to be a part of it. Because I think, it, you know, like you said, it's cool. We just need to make sure it's represented as cool. Yeah, it's, it's how we present it to the mm -hmm. people when they see it for the first time. The goal is, in the, in the first year, this year, it's, it's uh, hard. We are still actually working on the last round, which is in America, if, if we can, can do this. But the, the goal is to put our racing next to full-size racing. So right. we go to a mo motocross race or a rally race or some sort of off-road race, and, and we build a track next to their track. And the same people that are already into full-scale motorsport, they see RC racing. And they are the sort of people that that could be interested in it, but it's not enough just to put the track there and and have a race. We need to present it in a mm -hmm. professional and and serious way. Okay. And then then the people are also more likely to take it seriously. Okay. Well, before we get into that, because that's actually one of the questions that I that I've been asked quite a bit, but we'll talk about that eventually. Let's actually talk about this new race format that your that the RCGP series will bring in the RC2 okay. series and in the RCGP part. Yeah. So do you just want me to go through the like the weekend schedule and how yeah, just, how it all works? Just a, a slim down a version of a weekend. How would it work as a racer coming to this race? Okay. So first of all we have two different classes. So we have the RCGP class, which is in 2019, it's limited to 15 drivers. So one heat. Mm -hmm. And as an individual driver can't just enter the RCGP class. So this is entered by teams. It's like MotoGP or Formula One. So an individual driver can't just go and say, hey, I want to race MotoGP. No, they need to be signed by a team and then the team enters them into the series. Mm -hmm. So it's a closed series in this way. And this is reserved for, you know, top drivers and uh, teams, basically. But you don't have to be a world champion to race it. Let's say, uh, let's say a team's, team sends you and the team manager or team owner is your best friend. And he says, look, I think I you're an up-and-coming up racer and I want to put you on my team. I have a... One guy already, you'll be my second guy. And then that second guy can be on a team. It's, it's, so the RCGP isn't a ranking system or it's not only for the best drivers in the world. It's for whoever is on the racing team. The, the team owners basically decide what drivers they send to the series. Okay. Then uh, the RC2 class is basically an open class. And that's that's open for the general public. So this, that's more like a normal RC race. So you enter online and then uh, you get accepted, you pay, pay for your entry and you're in. But we, we made a couple of rules here just to limit who is allowed to race in the RC2 class. And uh, we decided that we won't accept professional drivers. Okay. So if, if you get paid to race RC cars, then you can't race the RC2 class. So let's say uh, Spencer Rivkin is not in RCGP and we have an RCGP race in America. He can't enter the RC2 class because he's a professional RC racer. We all know that. He gets paid to race, so he can't do that. We okay. also added another rule. So if you have been in the A-Main at the World Championships or European Championships or Raw Nationals, in eight scale nitro buggy within five years, then you're also not allowed to enter the, the RC2 class. And the point of this is just to keep the competition uh, fair. So mm -hmm. we don't like hashtag sandbagging. Right. We want to avoid that. Right. So we, d we don't want companies with many good drivers to send to, to the RCGP class and then send the rest to the open class. You know, mm -hmm. we want, we want the, RC2 class to be for the people who have this as a hobby, 
and who pay for their equipment or get deals from manufacturers, whatever their situation is, as long as they aren't professional, mm-hmm. but maybe hoping to be professional one day. Right. So it's it's like a stepping stone. No. The people who do who do well in the RC2 class, the, the younger guys in the RC2 class, their goal is to one day be in the RCGP class on a good team. Just like in uh, other forms of motorsport. In motocross, for example, they divide it by having a 450 class mm-hmm. and a 250 class. And the 250 guys are typically younger guys and they then graduate into the 450 class. So it's a similar setup here. Okay, so also with the RC2 class, <clears throat> it is possible for that, like a person, if they want to, they can go to all four rounds and become the overall RC2 champion, correct? No, because uh, we don't expect that uh, many people would go to all the rounds, mm-hmm. so it's not a series. Okay. The RC2 class is just individual races. Okay. So who, whoever wins you know, the race in Italy, for example, okay, they won the RC2 class in Italy. So, okay. so there's no points championship for that. All right, so I was Ex- wrong yeah. with that. Well, you're partially right because for the two European rounds, we, we count them as a series. So, so the RC2 Euro series would be the two rounds in Europe because they are close together. And for those two races, uh, I mean close together as in location. So for those two races, we can actually uh, assume that quite a few of the same drivers will mm-hmm. attend both. Okay. I don't think it's fair to say or fair to assume that RC2 drivers would go to all four, but for just those two in Europe, I think I think uh, a lot of the same drivers will attend both. Okay. So just to add to the excitement, we we make that into a, a mini series. So so how does this uh, how does an RCGP race differ from say this race we're going to attend? Uh, in a couple of weeks at, at DNC, what's going to make this different? Obviously, entry-wise, it's different, but the format, the actual format. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the f- main main focuses is to make it affordable for everyone and also possible for people to attend. So we want to shorten the program. We, we want to have only three-day races, and also each individual day, we want to shorten them also. So we are not racing from you know, 7 a.m. to midnight. So we want to, if possible, we want to keep it between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. So that, that's, that's our goal. We don't want to race too late into the night. Mm-hmm. And because of this, <clears throat> we need to limit the entries. And uh, when we limit the entries, we also make sure that all drivers can get a decent amount of track time. So because all the drivers are just racing one class, you can't double up on your track time by racing multiple classes. So we have to give every single driver a decent amount of of track time within that shorter day. So we limit the amount of entries to be able to do this. So basic, the basic format is Friday. We have, uh, four rounds of five-minute practice for everyone. And we use this practice for seeding into qualifying. Then on Saturday, the RCGP class runs a full race, four rounds of qualifying races, and then two 15-minute main events. And then on, on Sunday, the RCGP class runs a second race, again, four rounds of qualifying, but this time a 60-minute main event. And the reason we have uh, two shorter mains on Saturday is that typically after a 60-minute main, you need to do a full rebuild of your car. And, and uh, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Plus, just racing for 60 minutes is quite tiring already. So we don't want to have the, the RCGP guys have to go through a 60-minute main and then be all tired from the racing and have to rebuild everything. So we want to make it easier. So we just have a two 15-minute mains on the Saturday and then the longer 60-minute main on Sunday. So the, the format for RCGP on Saturday and Sunday is a bit different because of the mains, but they will be treated as two completely separate events. Mm-hmm. So the qualifiers are five minutes as well, correct? 
Um, the qualifiers are going to base, be based on uh, laps, not time. Okay. And the reason for that is we want to avoid the situation where, where the winner of the race doesn't cross the line first. So we, we don't want to have a battle where, let's say, uh, the leading car is just one second ahead of second place. Now, that's going to, going to be an exciting final lap. But then the way we race now, second place can be caught by the loop. So second place finishes, and then the leader has a victory lap. So we don't want that. We want them to race to the line always. So in qualifying... It's heads up racing. You're racing for position, and it's a number of laps. And uh, th this way, the the winner will always cross the line first, okay. and then everyone finishes behind behind the winner. And we are going. It's not going to be the same amount of laps for every race. It's going to be based on the average lap time, and we're going to make it so uh, these RCGP qualifying races are about seven minutes long. Okay. How about, uh, I also was reading that you're the RC2 class. What's, is that going to be just normal racing, like normal timed qualifiers and then their mains? Yeah. Okay. So the RCGP class, like I said, would be two separate races, one on, on Saturday, one on Sunday. For the RC2 class, just like uh, in the pro class, the Fridays practice again and seeding into qualifying. RC2 qualifying is on Saturday, three rounds of qualifying races also. And uh, this means that it's heads-up racing, so all the, all the cars start on a, on a starting grid, and they race each other. So they, they are racing for position. But because there are many heats of RC2 uh, class races, we're going to compare the times. So even if you win your heat, you're first in your heat, that doesn't mean that you're TQ. That means that we have to take your time and compare your time to everyone else's time. And if it's the fastest heat race, then you are TQ. So even though you are racing for position within your heat, you are also racing against the clock in a sense because all the times will be compared and that's how you get your points. Okay. And how long is it going to be their, their finals? Is it going to be ladder format like IFMAR? Yeah, so qualifying will again again be uh, uh, based on, uh, well, it's not going to be the same as RCGP because we are comparing the times, mm -hmm. right? So, so qualifying for RC2 will be of five minutes. So when the race starts, everyone's clock starts, and then they race for five minutes and finish. And um, then Sunday for RC2, is Christmas tree style bump up finals. So everyone gets at least a 20 minute final. So that bump up system should be pretty, you know, familiar for most people. It's mm -hmm. the same as we use in Europe for the Euros and well, pretty much every race in Europe. And in America, they use it for the Royal Nationals. Okay. And along with this, you're also going to be having a 40 plus race and a junior race, but there's not going to be like individual qualifiers for that, correct? Yeah, so we'll do it like the Neo, Neo Buggy race usually does. So on the Saturday, after all the qualifying races are done, we'll have a junior final, and then we'll have a 40-plus final also. So just, you know, we, we can still uh, make changes to that, time time mm -hmm. of the race if we make it 10 minutes or 12 minutes or whatever right now we we just wrote down a 10 minute race for these but uh, yeah here's a question i have about the rcg oh sorry rcgp side maybe i'm jumping in around but i forgot to ask this how will mm -hmm. points be allocated are will the same points for races on saturday the 215 minute races be the same as the points uh, on sunday yeah yeah, so Saturdays and Sundays races are viewed as completely separate events and they are valued the same. So okay. you get the same championship points for both. Okay. All right. And I know uh, there's been a lot of talk about this online. It's about the controlled tire for the RC2 class, which I think is a great idea because it helps put everybody on a level playing field. 
it might not be good for all the other tire companies, but I mean, this isn't the first race where they use uh, uh, control tires. I mean, the world's 10 scale worlds is on control tire as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's the best way to make the racing fair for everyone in the RC2 class. And especially for those people who are traveling to the race. Because if you're traveling, if you're flying to the event, you don't have first-hand knowledge of what to run. If you are local, you'll know what to run. Mm -hmm. But if you're flying in, you, you won't know as, as uh, precisely what to bring. And when you're flying in, you're also limited with how much you can bring. You're most likely going to have to pay for excess luggage to bring tires. You're most likely going to bring a lot that you never end up using. Because one tire will work or two tires will work out of the however many options you bring. So it's just a lot easier if everyone can go to the race without bringing any tires and they just know that, okay, we'll buy the tires at the event and everyone's running the same thing. Pre-glued tires, one set per day. Okay. And obviously you guys have tested these tires and know that they work on this surface. Well, let's take the Philippine Masters in May. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's what we'll do. We'll make sure that the tire works and lasts on the so surface for, of the track. So for each race, it's going to be a different tire then, pretty much. Yeah, it's going to be a different uh, tire. Okay, that's cool. Um, race. I have a few questions that I've been getting online that I've seen pop up, not to me myself, but just just seeing them come up online. And one of them is actually... Why do the pros need a series? They do enough racing. Well, let's let's uh, go through the for, all the format things first, and then we can talk about. Oh, I thought you was finished. I'm like sorry. I apologize. I thought theme you was finished. Thing. Go ahead. Well, where were we? We talked about Friday practice, seeding, Saturday, RC2 qualifying races, RCGP qualifying races. We have the junior race, the 40 plus race on Saturday. Just shorter races, about 10 minutes. Sunday, the bump-up mains, 20 minutes for the RC2 class. And then a full RCGP event. On the Sunday also, uh, if if there is time, and it looks like we have, we have uh, the time in the schedule, we'll add another fun race for the RC2 class. Now, this isn't set in stone yet, but one of the ideas we had was to run a fun team race so it's three drivers per team and about a 15 minute race and you have one transponder but you need to run your own car so you have to make a transponder pit stop and this is where you your own ingenuity can come into play you know you can attach the transponder on the body shell and have a quick release or whatever you want to do but just teams of three drivers would participate in this so it would be a bit of a relay race where you have to change the transponder from one car to the next and then keep on going. Just, you know, something fun to mm -hmm. fill in the time between the mains. Yeah. I don't know. That would be kind of difficult, don't you think, changing the transponder? Like, <clears throat> if it was the well, old tire... the teams to figure out themselves. You if know, it was... the... Sorry. If it was yes, the old-style transponder, yes. But, you know, now that we have to plug them into the uh, receiver and stuff, we didn't... I don't even see old-style transponders anymore. Yeah, well, you can use an extension cord and then it's easy. Okay. Then, I mean, extension cord from the receiver. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, so then uh, that's that's basically how we do the racing. So we try to keep the event short and the days short and, and give people enough track time. So you're predicting a start of what time in the morning? Our goal is to race between 9 and 6. So, for example, in the Philippines, it's different because we have to be done by five. So we start at eight. Okay. So we can be done by five. But that's the idea. Yeah. And that way everybody can go out and have a cold beer and a good meal afterwards and then go wrench or do whatever they have to do. Yeah. So about an eight to nine hour day mm -hmm. at the track. That's the goal. Anything else you would like to add to the format that we haven't covered? Well, we've posted all the, how the points work, for example, for the points championship in RCGP, all these sorts of rules. 
they're all listed on the website. So I don't know if I really need to go into that okay. unless there's a question you have specifically about those things. No. Then we can go over that. I, I would just like to say that for the RCGP class, there's no dropouts. So every race counts. So if it's uh, four weekends of racing, that means there's eight races. So all eight races will count towards the championship. Okay. And another point that I would like to make is just this is just another part of the rules that, that we put in here to make the racing more exciting. Because uh, based on experience, the most exciting races have been the ones where the fastest guys start at the back. So if, if we look at the Reedy race, whenever there's a race where, let's say, Mayfield and Cavalieri are 9 and 10 and slightly slower drivers are at the front, those have been the best races. Or if we look at the Neo buggy dash for cash, what they would do is TQ would start 15th and 15th would start for uh, first. Mm -hmm. So they just inverted the grid and that made for more exciting races. Or if you remember the Euros when Ongaro broke in his semifinal, mm -hmm. he started last in the last chance qualifier. And then at the very end, he caught uh, uh, Pelle Kumse from Denmark yes. and got by. So that race was the most exciting moment of the Euros was basically that race, just the... watching Ongaro come through the pack. Yeah. And we want to recreate that in RCGP. And the way we do that is after seeding, uh, the, the fastest seed time starts first in the first round of qualifying races. And the, the slowest guy starts last. Well, then after the first qualifying round in RCGP, Whoever TQs that round will start last in round two. Mm. And whoever's last will start first. So mm. then round two will be one of these exciting races, you know, where the fast guys are at the back. And then again for round three, the same thing. So whoever wins round two will start last. And whoever's last will start first. So this way round two and round three will uh, hopefully be more exciting races because the faster guys are starting at the back and the slightly slower guys are starting in the front. Mm -hmm. And the way we do the qualifying is two, two out of three. So out of those three races, uh, you get points for where you'll finish. So if you TQ the round, you get zero. If you're second, you get two. If you're third, you get three, etc. And then the lowest points is TQ. So two out of three in qualifying. Excellent. Um, so bas basically, if you, if you think about the format, what we want to do is every time there's a car on the track, we want to give people something to be excited about, something to watch. That's really the point. Got you. And not, not only to watch, but even as a racer yourself, mm -hmm. when you go up on the driver's stand and you, and you drive, you're actually racing someone and it's, it's exciting. And, and if you beat your friend, then you'll be happy. You know, you'll be way happier than if it was just qualifying and your time was two seconds faster. You know, it's different when you actually race someone wheel to wheel. I agree. I agree. I agree. Perf uh, 100%. So I think we've pretty much gone over the format, how things are going to work, the point of the controlled tires, how the 15 man RCGP se se segment is going to work. Um, let's get on to some of the, the, Many questions that I've seen come up over Facebook. I we asked one earlier, but we'll start with that yeah. again. Why? Okay. I, a lot of people say, why do the pros need a series? It's the average Joes that make RC what it is. Okay, so I wanted to take this after we covered the for, format thing, because this is more of a kind of big picture mm -hmm. thing, I, I think. In my opinion, this has a lot to do with us trying to make RC racing cool. Because right now, it's not cool, okay? Even, even the people in, in RC, even the professional racers think it's not cool because they don't even tell new people they meet what they do always. So this is something we need to change. And the way to change that, I feel, is to, to create the best possible image we can of what we do. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we need to have the top racers race an exciting format on spectacular tracks 
in great events with awesome coverage. And that's what's going to make RC racing cool, or at yeah. least cooler than it is now. Yeah, put your and best for foot that, forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If, if you think about motocross, for example, if I, just, if I just stumble upon a motocross race and it's just some, you know, average Joe, Joes, you know, putting around the track and crashing and not really doing anything cool or exciting, it's like, well, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But if I go to an MXGP and I see some of the world's best riders, you know, whipping the bikes in the air and, you know, wheeling through whoops and it's just, it's more spectacular. Mm -hmm. And better it's racing. Definitely more, yeah, it's definitely more interesting. And when they race each other, the things that they do and the moves they make, how they drive past each other, it's much more exciting. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to do with RCGP. And, and the only way to really do that is to have this, this series where the same top drivers race each other multiple times and we create this kind of standard of, okay, the this is how the races look. This is how the races are promoted. This is the website we use. This is the social media we use. This is the sort of videos we produce. And when we have enough of all that information in one, one place, one location, then we can send people there. If people want to know something about RC racing, then they go there. Mm -hmm. If they discover RC racing for the first time, they go there and they can find a lot more information just in one location. And all, all of that information is, has that same level of quality. And it's cool. And it amazes them. And it's like, wow, I had no idea RC racing was this, uh, this technical and this, uh, like people take it this seriously. And they're so professional and, and talented and skilled. And the teams are investing so much money in into their racing. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to get people to think. I have a quick question about that too. Um, concerning uh, actual live spectators that might attend this race, how will they, how, how do you plan this to be better than like any, like how do you plan to make this more professional than any other current RC race? For, like if I'm a spectator that just stumbled onto this or say you, you've promoted, say you promoted in the Philippines and you get a couple of hundred spectators coming to this race. Um, what's going to make this different? How am I going to know about our, I'm obviously not watching the live coverage. I'm going to be there live. How is it going to be different for me as a, I don't know anything about RC spectator coming to watch this. Okay. So we have to make sure that the track and the surrounding area is is set up the best in the best possible way we can. So all the banners and flags and everything makes it look like, okay, there's some major event going on. Uh, we also need to make the pits look good. So RC2 class, everyone pits, you know, in the standard sort of big tent or covered pit space, everyone's there. But the RCGP class, they have their own pits. So we, we want to build a row of uh, easy ups, but all standard size. They all have the same size team branded, you know, uh, two drivers per uh, pit and all set up in a professional and uh, very similar way. So the people can see, okay, these are the fast guys. These are the pros. Mm -hmm. and, and each pit setup has the two drivers, you know, the driver one, driver two. And then uh, the manufacturers themselves can then work on improving their pit presence. You know, maybe they want to have things they want to display there or some, some sort of other. They have another sponsor that they want to promote. You know, things like this can also be done then. But we want to make this clear separation to where if someone walks in, they can see that, wow, these guys know what they're doing. Right. Like they, they, they look the part. That's what we want to do. And then uh, as for the racing, well, the racing format helps because if someone just shows up, they'll actually have something interesting to watch. So we need a, an announcer mm -hmm. who announces what's going on and not just in English, but then also in the local language. And uh, we, need to make, uh, we need to make schedules. So we have a booklet explaining what's going on, mm -hmm. a short explanation of 
of who is racing, what the format is, when they are racing, you know, some basic information about RC racing. Mm-hmm. Just so, so people have an idea of what's going on. And we have, we have a couple of other ideas for the you know, atmosphere of the event, but I'll just save those for when it actually happens. Yeah, so like at Southside, at the Fuel Net Slasher, they had a pamphlet with each driver's face and name and profile, like where they're from, I believe age, their sponsors, a picture of their car so people can actually follow, you know, that if they still had the same paint job. <laughs> That car on the track, I think that's something that's very important for the uh, professional side of the RCGP. Another thing I like to say is I would like to see it treated like motocross or any other full-scale sport where the companies may have an action picture of this person's car with them on his side and then like making small posters and doing like autograph signing. Like treat it like they're truly professionals. Like people will be like, oh, wow, we can get autographs. So. Yeah, that's something else we're doing. I don't know that we'll have the, an actual autograph signing, but we will have those posters available. So, and another you know, th- kids can get them signed, etc. Another thing to clarify is because I know people, I know what people are saying right now. Oh, you're going to separate the, the pros from the drivers. We're going to be able to mingle with them. The, the pro guys will still be able to go mingle with and help out the other guys that are represent. Like if, if there's a Mugen guy there and he needs, well, I don't know if we're going to have a, a Mugen guy there, but you know what I mean? If there's a yeah so well before going to that i just go back to your previous question and add one thing so how do we get people there how do we get outside people to the events so it's easy when we join full-scale racing it's obvious mm-hmm. they are already there we're joining them but when we are racing at the rc tracks the way we will do that is we promote locally so we try and get the local radio station and local you know news station to at least know that we are going to have this event. It would be great if we can get them there before the event or do some sort of uh, promotion already before the event, but at the very least during the event. So, for example, on the Friday, and then people know that it's happening on the weekend. And also we'll uh, invite we'll invite uh, technical, maybe from a technical engineer, engineering school, a class or two to come and watch or maybe even a high school or primary school uh, we'll try to get some children to come and and uh, watch the races mm-hmm. it, during the summer there are all kinds of summer camps throughout Europe for example mm-hmm. that we can contact and see if they would uh, like to include that in their program come and watch an RC race That's a good now, idea. there's a, a lot of things you can do like this it's just that it takes time and effort to do and mm-hmm. No one really bothers to do it, but it is possible to actually get people to come and watch. Okay, that's cool. But back to my my next question was about the pros being able to help the average Joes with setup and whatnot. They'll still be able to do that, correct? Yeah, of course. And okay. actually, there's a there's a scheduled setup clinic on the Friday. So okay. after the second or the third round of practice, I can't remember anymore where we put it but there's actually a time slot of 45 minutes where at least one driver per brand in rcgp has to come and uh we have a bit of a setup clinic like a panel we all sit there all the rc2 guys can ask questions related to what they are running so their engine setup or car setup or whatever they want specifically for the track that we are racing on and we do this during the practice day so that uh, people can ask the questions before they actually race. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Good idea. Yeah. Next question I've, I've seen quite a lot is why these race locations and why only one race in USA? Uh, well, the race locations, it's purely down to uh, who wanted to host a race. Uh, because this is something that doesn't exist and all the plans aren't set in stone and it's it's something new it's not it's not really easy to find people who want to just join they have to they have to understand the vision and agree with it and if they do then they want to join like the the, the tracks that we now have they've already been uh changed like we've already had to make make some changes because of conflicts of schedules and conflicts of uh, 
the local club then not not wanting to change the format of how they do their racing so it's not easy to find people who are willing to to join something that's trying to make a change mm-hmm. because we we don't have the funds or the capability to just do everything ourselves we have to work with existing tracks and existing clubs and uh yeah these are the the ones that wanted to work with us okay i mean i would have liked to have seen two races in america as well because i think it's probably the the biggest market for rc but i hope you can uh we get get it sorted out and you get a good race going there and probably in 2020 we can get a, a race alongside of uh, a, a full-scale race. That would be that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I mean, maybe one day the series will be six races long, so it's 12, 12 races because it's two per weekend. Maybe it's two in Europe, two in America, one in Asia, and one in the rest of the world. You know, yeah. maybe that's maybe that's something that will happen. So, yeah, this is just the first year. It's just two. Yeah, we got to start somewhere. Yeah, we have to start somewhere. We have to build it first, and then people will join later. Another big question that I get, and and well, this is more of a statement. It's going to increase the cost of RC for the average person. I don't really see how that's going to happen because these guys are still traveling to the same amount of races. You're just going to, like, they would have went to Europe or Philippine Masters or anything or one of these races anyway, it's just an extra race. I don't really see how that's going to increase the cost to the average racer. So what would you say to these people that are making these statements? Well, I mean, the companies aren't really increasing their budgets. They're just using using the money differently. And if RCGP is successful, then it will actually improve the situation for the companies, right? Because they'll have more sales. That's, mm-hmm. that's the ultimate goal. If, if, we are, if the companies in RCGP are benefiting from more positive media coverage and branding and people want to buy more of their cars, that's a good thing for them. So why would it make their cars more expensive? I don't see how. If RCGP is successful of actually growing the hobby, which is a more long-term goal, that's also positive, and that's actually positive for all the brands, not just the ones in RCGP. So again, I fail to see how that makes that would make the hobby more expensive, or probably make it less expensive. Mm-hmm. I agree there. I think people just need to think big and make, as I as we always say, make the pie bigger, and everybody will eat. Um, my next question is that I see come up quite a lot is. <coughs> Obviously, we all know that you're one of the most controversial guys in RC. I know that because I work with you. I I I, I know who you are. I know you like you are you are controversial, yes. But your passion for RC uh, is obviously no one can can take that away from you. I mean, you're hard headed, you're stubborn, you're controversial, but you are passionate. Um, a lot of people will say, "Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna support this because of, it's it's JQ or whatever." But I actually think you are the right guy to do this because um, we've talked about this before and we know there have have been people that have people who are more like than you and well, probably more respected in the RC community. And they've tried to do this and they failed because it's not easy and it takes somebody with determination, passion and, and stubbornness to do it. And I mean, just from you, if you're if you're a car brand and it's it's it was supposed to fail a hundred times over since it started and it's still going and going stronger than ever. I definitely think you're the right person for this, but what would you say to those people who are saying, Oh, I'm not going to do it because of Joseph or JQ racing. Well, I mean, I always knew that 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 was going to be an issue, but it didn't stop me from trying to do this because, well, first of all, this isn't JQ racing. So it's, of course, a different thing. It's a different company. And, more people are involved than just me. That's that's a fact. But then people don't really care about facts. They just care about what they see. And I don't worry about that because if if it, if I do the right things and if it's successful, 
then then enough people will join to where it works. And I think there are actually very few people who dislike me so much that even if RCGP is a great thing and it's working and it's helping the industry and most people have joined, that they still wouldn't join. Like I, I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. And and I also think that if you are someone who's very agreeable and you're everyone's best friend, then I don't know that you would ever succeed in doing this because even just doing something like this will piss some people off. It's inevitable because you have to make some tough choices. Let's just say that we would be really successful and all the brands wanted to join. Well, we would have to eliminate some of them because we couldn't, everyone wouldn't fit. Like we can't have all the brands join. Okay. We have a control tire. Well, all the brands can't have a control tire. So every decision you make will potentially piss someone off. If if you have one title sponsor and and company A gets it over to company B, you know, then company B won't be too happy about it. There's always going to be these, you know, situations where someone will have a reason to not like you, right? If mm-hmm. if they take business personally. So I think you need to, the person who does something like this, who wants to change the game, has to be someone who, who, who is hard-headed enough and confident enough, stubborn enough to just go through with it regardless of what other people say or think. Yes, listen to everyone and try and do them, make the right choices and, and create the best possible product but also not just follow everyone's suggestions because mostly they suggest things that already exist or, or suggest things of how things already are. And that's exactly what we are trying to change. So doing, doing what other people want is not really the right way to change the game, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I knew it would be a, an issue and some people won't join because of that, but I really don't worry about that. I think there are enough people who can separate personal feelings from uh, business and yeah, yeah, that's it. I like to say for change it's to happen, life. change actually has to happen, you know? So it uh, yeah. it's not easy. I've, I've seen the work that's been going on to make this happen. It's, uh, you know, obviously I, I know you, I know David, I know, and now I know Matt. It's, it's not like this is just something that was thought up yesterday. And then we just say, oh, we're going to do it. This has been a long time planning. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of lot of thinking, a lot of changing because some things didn't work and we have to make an, an uh, adapt here and do this and do that. It's not easy. And, and trust me, if people think this is just like some way for like to just go make money or something like that. No, this is we're trying to I, I, we're trying to do something different in RC and make it better. And then everybody can make more money. It's a good way to spend money. Yeah, most definitely. (laughs) You know, so don't think we're out here like like this is all about we're trying to make money and stuff like that. It's just trying to make it make RC better so everybody can make money. In my opinion, with that said, exactly. The thinking is very different. The thinking is very different because we aren't trying to make money by signing as many teams as we can and having as many entries as we can and having a high entry fee. That's not the goal at all. So. The, the road to success is a lot harder and will take longer. I mean, we have a basically a three-year plan now. So we have to run this for three years or we lose money. Yeah. That's just how it is. So maybe so, that gives people so, more perspective of what we're trying to do. So my last question before we leave uh, tonight is we have S-Works, HB. Um, who else is that? Well, S-Works is going to have – Who? what other teams do we have uh, that are officially signed on or that you can even say? Or do you expect any other teams to sign on before uh, May? Well, we basically have two more teams, but we can't announce them yet. So mm-hmm. one of them is definitely already signed and, you know, paid and everything's good. And the other one is has said that they're on board, but – Right. We haven't paid yet, so. Okay. 
until we really have the payment and the money in the bank. We can't say for sure, but basically we should have two more teams at least joining. And maybe maybe when those two teams join, then there are another two who are still on the fence. Yeah. So maybe they decide, or at least one of them decides then to join after they see, oh, look, we've got two more teams now and good drivers on board. And yeah, maybe that helps, you know, to... Yeah, tips to make some to jump make off the, the, the yeah. yeah, make the decision to join. Yeah, I think, I hope so, man, because the more, like, we want to get the fastest guys racing in this and, and we... I, I'm just I'm super stoked to see the first race and it may unfortunately it's it's a uh, kind of clashing with Silver State but you know it, the Philippine Masters race has always been on this date I believe first uh, for the few years that it's been around yeah yes okay Silver State's been around longer but not on this date so it's it wasn't planned like that yeah. either so just in case people think that but Silver State is a definitely a good race and it will be well attended as well so i'm excited yeah, for and May. i think i think the level yeah the level of drivers will also include i mean in, improve over the years so we don't really expect to have all the best drivers in year one i mean that's that would be a dream scenario but it's not realistic but in future years i believe that the level of drivers will improve as as more brands join and also as top drivers also choose to race for brands who are in RCGP. I, I believe that that's something that will happen in the future. Let's say brand X decides not to join RCGP and uh, brand Y decides to join. And then we have a young world champion driver and he has to choose between X and Y. I think he will choose Y because he wants to race RCGP. That's the kind of series we want to create. Mm -hmm. So... I, I wouldn't really worry about who is racing it in year one because I'm confident that the level of drivers will improve over the years. Well, all I know is that RCGP is further ahead than any other series that has been planned so far over the years. It's happening in May. Whether people like it or not, all I can say is give it a chance. Check it out. Watch it. Shit, you can watch it while you're racing at Silver State. You'll be able to watch it and stream it online. That's going to be great. You know, so for those of you that are on the fence, give it a chance because, you know, like I say, for change to happen, change actually has to happen. You have anything to say in conclusion, Joseph? So, uh, is that all your questions? That's no, all is, my is questions. That all your questions? Like, do people now know what's going on? Do they now understand? I hope so, but, but this I'm is sure. A race series. It's not a ranking system. It's not yeah. something else. It's just a race series. Yeah. But it's a race series aimed at trying to get new people involved in the sport as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've done enough droning on for today. We're going to let the people go. And that's all you have to say for tonight, Joseph? Yeah, I'm definitely out of words now. That's amazing. Well, thank you, all. thank you all for tuning in to The Starting Grid, the official podcast of the RCGP World Series. We'll be probably taking a two-week break, and then we're going to try and get another guest on her to talk about his feelings about it because we do have DNC coming up, and Joseph and I will both be at DNC. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Thank you for the support, and if you have any questions about RCGP, do not hesitate to contact myself, Joseph, or check, us, check out the rc dash gp.com website as well as on Facebook thank you all and have a good night He's up!
Seite haben. 